Hello and welcome to Walk by Faith with Diana. I'm Diana Abercrombie and I'm so excited that you're here. I can't wait to see where God takes us on this journey. My goal for this podcast is to dig into God's Word, allow the Holy Spirit to speak to us, and teach us how to apply His Word to our lives, and then turn around and help others in their faith walk. You know, Jesus said in Matthew 4.4, It is written that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. I don't think we can live it if we don't know it. I want us to dig into God's Word, pick the Scripture apart, and allow the Holy Spirit to teach us how to apply it in our lives. Again, thank you so much for being here with me. Let's start walking, shall we? and welcome to another podcast episode of Walk by Faith with Diana. Today we are going to be in John 10 and we're going to be looking at verse 10 which says the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. I love that verse. It serves as a warning to us that Satan is a thief and wants to steal and kill and destroy everything that is of God in our lives. But it also serves as a reminder that Jesus says that he came to give us abundant life. I want to talk about what Satan tries to steal from us, what he tries to kill in us, and what he tries to destroy all around us and in our lives, and then how he uses that to keep us from focusing on our Lord and the life that the Lord Jesus has given us in abundance. And then I want to talk about what the abundant life that Jesus came to give us actually looks like. So we have a full podcast episode today, so let's go to the Lord in prayer before we get started. Lord, I'm so grateful that you tell us in your word that you are the way, the truth, and the life, and that you have come so that we can have life and have it more abundantly. Thank you, O God, that you love us. Thank you that you, Lord Jesus, hear us and see us. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that you're here to teach us and comfort us and show us what we need to see. Thank you, O God, that we are not left alone in this world that can be so chaotic and so crazy. Thank you for giving us the warnings in Scripture that you give us so that we'll understand what it is that we're battling, the who it is that we're battling, the the weapons that we have that come from you that we can battle with. Thank you, oh God, that you love us and you want us to know you. Thank you. I pray for each person who's listening to this podcast. I have no idea where they are in their walk, but I know that you know, and I'm so grateful for that. And I pray that your word will just shine through in this podcast that your word will just prick their hearts so that something will be seen and understood in a way that they never saw it or understood it before as you have in my life so many times. Thank you, O God, for your scripture that is so true and so powerful 
Thank you that we're able to remember it and hide it in our hearts so that we will not sin against you. Bless us, I pray, as we dig into your word and understand the true depth and the true meaning of the life that you want us to have abundant, abundant, abundant life. Thank you, O God. In Jesus' name, amen. So, you know, as I was thinking about this scripture today, I was thinking about a thief and what a thief is. And a thief is someone who takes something that doesn't belong to them. They want something that isn't theirs. A thief is a person who steals especially secretly or um, not even in any kind of force. They're just, they're just stealing something secretly so that you don't even know they've done it. And that's what Satan does. That's what he, um, that's how he prowls and, and, and watches until he can come in and steal and kill and destroy. So think about how Satan is constantly prowling around seeking someone to devour as first Peter five, eight tells us. He is the thief. Satan wants to steal what our Lord has given us. He's so sneaky about it too. He creeps in so that we become distracted or busy and we don't even realize that we're getting that way. Often it's not even bad things that are distracting us and keeping us so busy. But if you think about it, anything that keeps us from focusing on our Lord is something that Satan will use to rob us of an intimate relationship with Jesus. And Satan does not want us to have an intimate relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. He wants to keep us distracted. He wants to keep us looking at things that will upset us. He wants to keep us from doing anything but pursuing an intimate relationship with the Lord. Now, most of the time, it doesn't even look like we're being robbed, but we are. Satan is stealing from us, and a lot of times we don't even recognize it. So let's look at a few things that are kind of hidden down deep in this verse that I really believe will help us understand and remember when we get in situations. Immediately, we're told that the thief comes. He says the thief comes to steal and kill and destroy. So let's not even think that the thief is not coming. There's no question that he is going to come. Now, a lot of times we walk around as if we don't think that the thief is ever going to come or that there is even a thief to worry about, but there is, and he is going to come. He's going to come for a purpose and for a reason. He comes to steal kill and destroy and wreak havoc in our lives. That's what Satan does. Now, let's talk about what it is that he's coming to steal. And there are a lot of things that you can think of in that. But but some of the things that came to my mind are that he's coming to steal our peace. He's coming to steal our joy. He is coming to steal our thoughts. He is coming to steal our relationship with our Lord. He's coming to steal anything that would allow us to stay focused on our Lord. He does not want us to grow in our relationship with our Lord, and he does not want us to focus on the Lord. Now, he can't steal our salvation, but he can steal those things that would cause us to grow deeper in relationship with our Lord. When we are at peace, when we have the Lord's peace, when we're focused, 
then we're building a relationship and an intimacy with the Lord that Satan cannot stand. And that relationship that we're building and that that intimacy that we're developing with our Lord is what will walk us through many of the hard times, many of the chaotic and crazy times that go on in our lives. And we all have things that go on in our lives. Let's talk about what it is that he comes to kill. What does he kill? Before we get into it, though, before we get into what it is that he's coming to kill, I want to look at what that word means. Kill means to cause the death of. Another definition is to put an end to or cause the failure or defeat of. Now think about that. What is it that Satan wants us to do? He wants us to feel defeated. He wants us to feel like failures. He wants us to look at anything and everything other than our God who we are made in the image of and who loved us enough to send his son to die on the cross for us. Satan does not want us to look at who we are in Christ. He wants us to feel as if we're a failure and that we're defeated all the time. Now, that's exactly what he does. Satan, the thief, the enemy of our Lord, our adversary, that's what he wants. He wants to kill our relationship with the Lord or the growth of our relationship with the Lord, not our salvation. He can't kill our salvation, but he can kill our relationship or the growth of our relationship by killing our desire to dig in, to study, to go to church, to be around godly people, to seek godly counsel. Those are the things that he tries to steal and kill in our lives. He doesn't want us to move forward in our relationship with the Lord. He can kill our determination to grow in our walk with the Lord by playing with all kinds of crazy things in our minds and causing us to feel defeated. Like we were talking about earlier, he can cause us to feel defeated and like a failure before we ever even get started. That's what he does. He can kill our growth in our relationship with the Lord by bombarding us with all kinds of thoughts and emotions that are just very self-absorbed and self-focused instead of being focused on the Lord. That's what he does. That is what Satan does. That's how he operates. He's very strategic in it and he's very intentional in it. He knows what he's after. Now let's talk about what it is that he comes to destroy because there are three things there that we're told. He comes to steal, kill, and destroy. So what is it that he's coming to destroy? One of the things that came to me immediately as I was thinking about this verse today is that Satan is constantly trying to destroy healthy, godly relationships. That's why our marriages are in so much trouble. That's why there's so much division among people and in churches and all over the place. He does not want us to build godly relationships. He's constantly trying to divide to divide us. He wants to cause chaos and confusion so that there can be no unity. In fact, Everywhere you turn nowadays, there's some kind of chaos and some kind of confusion going on. It can be in our lives personally, with things that are going on in our families, with things that are going on with our health, um, finances. It can be in our churches, um, 
people being offended or upset or not feeling like they're where they need to be or just being tired and not wanting to come to church. It can be on our jobs. It can be in our families, um, not even our immediate family. It can be our cousins, our aunts, our uncles, whomever. It can be in our families where we're divided. What Satan wants is to destroy and create division in those relationships. Jesus has called us to be united. 1 Corinthians 1, 9 through 10 says, God is faithful through whom you were called into fellowship with his son. We cannot be in fellowship when we're constantly bickering and divided and not looking at each other through the Lord Jesus Christ. Into fellowship with his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Now, I exhort you, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you all agree and that there be no divisions among you, but that you be made complete in the same mind and in the same judgment. Satan does not want us to be in one accord. Satan does not want us to have right judgment and the same judgment. He wants us to be divided. And John 17, 23 says, and this is Jesus speaking, I in them and you in me, so that they may be brought to complete unity. Then the world will know that you sent me and have loved them as you have loved me. He's talking to his father there. And that is so powerful. The Lord wants us to be united because he knows how important that is in our lives. And he knows that when we're united under his name, under his strength, then there's power in that that Satan cannot come against, that he can't win. Now, Satan does not want us to be unified because there is so much power in unity. When we unite together, like I said, under the mighty name of Jesus, Satan loses his power in our lives because we're focused on the Lord instead of the chaos and confusion that he wants us to see. A lot of times we'll become offended about something and then that'll cause a division because we're hurt or upset. And instead of taking that to the Lord and allowing the Lord to work in our hearts and in our minds, we hold on to it. And we continue to look at that person or that situation, whatever it is that's caused us to be offended. We look at that and we don't look at the Lord. So let's look at what happens when we focus on the Lord. When we focus on Jesus, when we fix our eyes on Jesus, we see his power in our lives. We see his strength working in and through our weakness. We see people through a lens of love instead of a lens of fear and hatred. We see situations as opportunities to grow closer to the Lord instead of situations that will defeat us or, or cause us to feel defeated. What Satan wants is for us to fix our eyes on the thing that's causing the chaos and the confusion and the division. Satan wants us to feel weak so that we don't allow God's strength to work in and through us. Now, we're told that that God's strength is made perfect in our weakness. So we are weak. But when we look at God, there's great strength in the Lord and he will use us and his strength will shine through. Satan wants us to focus on what a person has done rather than the soul of that person that Jesus loves enough to die for. Satan knows exactly what he's doing. 
Now, that's just a few of the things that come to mind when I think about what Satan wants to kill and steal and destroy. There are so many other things, and the list can be totally different for each individual person based on our experiences that we've already had with the Lord and what we know Satan does in our own lives and what our triggers are. The important thing is to remember that Satan is on the prowl and that we are to be alert. 1 Corinthians 16, 13 says, be on the alert, stand firm in the faith. So we are to be very alert and we have to stand firm in the faith. Now, okay, now that we've looked at some of the things that and some of the ways that Satan steals and kills and destroys, I want to look at that last part of the verse. Jesus says that he came that we would have life and have it abundantly. Jesus gave his life so that we could have life. I love that. The story does not end with us being on this earth waiting for Satan to come and pounce on us. That is not the story. The story is, the truth is, that Jesus is the way the truth, and the life. We are victorious in him. In all these things, we are more than conquerors. He loves us enough to come and give his life as a sacrifice for our sins. And he did it so that we could have abundant life. Now, John 14, 6 says, Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. So let's break this verse down a little bit. Jesus says that he is the way. So what does he mean by that? The last part of that passage tells us that no one can come to the Father but through Jesus. So Jesus is the only way to God the Father. Jesus' sacrifice on the cross, his death Burial and resurrection are the only way to the Father. We must believe, repent of our sin, and accept Him as the only way to get to the Father and have eternal life. The word way means a method, style, or a manner of doing something. It means a road, a path, or a street. Another definition is an opening or a passage, and I love that. Before Jesus' sacrifice on the cross, we had no way. We had no opening. We had no path to spend eternity with God. We had no way to do that. We were separated because of our sin from the Father. We were separated from Him. When Jesus came and gave himself as the sacrifice for our sins, he provided a passage. He provided a path for us to follow, an opening for us to get to God so that we would be reconciled to him and no longer be separated. We must take that path to get to God the Father. Jesus is the only path to the Father. He also says he is the truth. Now, I looked up the word truth, and one of the definitions that I found very interesting was the body of real things, events, and facts, actuality. I love that. Jesus is the only way to God the Father, and he is the body of real things. He is actuality. In a world where we have no idea anymore what's real and what's not, I love that definition. Jesus is real. 
Truth also means the property of being in accord with fact or reality. I love that too, because he says he is the truth because he is leaving no room for a maybe. There's no maybe. There's no ifs. There's no ands. There's no buts. It's Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. That's it. He is stating it as a fact. He is absolutely stating it as a reality, and it is. So the last part of John 14, 6 says that Jesus is the life. Now let's dig into that part to help us kind of understand what he was saying in John 10, 10, when he said that he came to give us life and abundant life. So Jesus says that he is the life. So when he tells us that he came so that we could have life and that we could have it more abundantly, he's talking about having more of him. More of him as in our relationship with him, more of him as in our way of thinking, more of him as in what we believe, more of him as in the way we live our lives and conduct ourselves. We're made in his image. When we accept Christ as our Savior, we receive the Holy Spirit that will help teach us and show us how to walk with Jesus. We want to look like him. We want to behave like him. We want to obey him. He is our Lord and Savior. Now, many people think that section of John 10, 10, where it says, um, have life and have it more abundantly. It's often thought that he's talking about giving us a wonderful life. That's not what he's saying. If you look at the lives of his disciples, if you look at his life when he was on this earth, even if you look at many of the Old Testament prophets and people of God, their lives were not what we would consider happy. Jesus wants us to draw near to him so that we can help others see him and come to know him. It is not his will that any should perish. So whatever we need to do, whatever it takes to help people come to know Jesus, that's what he wants us to do. And many times that does not create a happy little comfy life. Now, a definition of life is the quality that distinguishes a vital and functional being from a dead body. So he is the life. He came. He died on the cross. He was resurrected. He was seen by so many people afterwards. He is now in heaven with Jesus, with God. He is now um living in and through us, through the Holy Spirit. So he is not a dead body. And I love that. He is a vital, alive, full of life, the only life, full of light. That is our Jesus. He did not come to create a happy life for us. When he's talking about life, he's talking about him as the life. He knew we would have problems in our lives, and he knew that Satan would try to devour us. That's why it's so important for us to remember that no matter what it looks like, God is still in control. When we fix our eyes on Jesus... Our entire perspective changes. And that's my prayer for us this week. I pray that as things come our way, I pray that as daily life happens, and it will, there are going to be things that happen. There are going to be things that come our way that are going to try to steal and kill and destroy. Um, They're going to try to steal our joy. 
steal our peace. They're going to try to kill our growth and our relationship with our Lord. And Satan's going to try to destroy the unity that Jesus has called us to. My prayer is that we will look to Jesus, that we will focus on him, that we will fix our eyes on Jesus. I thank you so much for being here with me today. Please don't forget to visit the website at www.walkbyfaithwithdiana.com. Download and review the podcast. I'm so excited and so grateful to see say that over 500 podcasts have now been downloaded. So that means that God's word is definitely being heard and listened to. And I am forever, forever grateful for that. Remember, if you have any prayer requests, because I love to pray for people, you can send me an email at walkbyfaithwithdiana at gmail.com, or you can fill out the contact form on the website and it'll go directly to my email address. Or of course, you can access all of this through our Facebook page. Thanks again for being with me today and God bless you as you walk by faith and not by sight.